0: Welcome back to the Jote Show here on the Dion Family Network, episode seventy-three, Dad. I was gonna talk about the Dodgers and Padres first, but I feel like I should bring up—you're watching the Yankee game right now.
1: Uh, I just finished watching Game Four of the San Diego Dodger rivalry. It was unbelievable. It felt like playoff baseball in April. The Dodgers set up their rotation one, two, three to get ready for this series. It was. I, I it was you know how I fast forward through
0: baseball games, I couldn't do it. Wait, when you say game four, do you mean like Sunday? Like yeah, yesterday? okay. I was gonna say if yeah. you were behind, that would not be yeah good for. But I watched
1: all four games, and they were all interesting. The Padres were down seven one to the number one team in baseball. Anyway, if that's what we're starting with, yeah. I, I'm okay with that because yeah, it it was riveting. I was like, yeah, this is this, it's it's a rivalry cuz you got big brother against little brother. That's kind of the way I'm looking at this these two teams. Mm-hmm. And Tatis Jr is uh, this guy is, you know what other than his defense is a little suspect. I thought he was actually a really good defensive player. He leads the league by 3 errors. He's already got 9 on the year
0: i was gonna say they're him and the jays are kind of the disappointing defenses in baseball and uh he's number two bichette yeah that's six uh so we'll talk we'll start there we'll also talk about the uh the new two options for the nhl proposed schedule next year uh the nba just kind of a mishmash of what's going on the nfl will talk about uh couple news, and then we're going to do, at least I have a mock draft, and then you can give your reaction to my mock draft.
1: All right, and then I've got a new ending category to go with, which we're going to call the bad, the good, and the great, because I'm positive. I don't like the Oh, opposite. good, bad, and ugly? Yeah. So there's two good ones and one bad Bad, one. good, and great. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I'm going to write bad, that down. Bad, good, and great.
0: I will... Oh, so that'll be how you how you end them? That That's how I will now end my episodes. All right. Yep. Uh, so, yes, this San Diego Dodgers series, it almost feels like if we don't get this. I, I. That's exactly what I was...
1: After I watched today's game, which was yesterday, but I watched it today. If they don't play in the playoffs, that is going to be a huge disappointment. Is and it, he, it better be the National League Championship Series.
0: That was going to be my point. I, I don't know if they would be able to, because I yes. think... Well, yes. if the Dodgers are are the top seed yep. and the Padres are a wild card team, they can't play each other if they're in the same division. What? in the division series? Yeah. But if it's a like at the other two divisions play, I don't think they care about divisions in the playoffs. Yeah.
1: The Red Sox and Yankees met in the American League Championship Series a few times because of that rule. Unless they've changed it?
0: I I imagine they have. I yep. I don't think it would it would affect especially because I think that would If anything, make the other divisions more upset that the Dodgers now have to play one of the other division winners. Unless they don't finish first, then it'll be whoever the other two division winners are, like depending on their records.
1: Or if the MLB would get this right and expand playoffs. Because otherwise, yeah, you're right. Now you're getting a five-game first-round series with the two best teams in baseball.
0: Yeah. I, I I don't really disagree. And it's almost it's almost too bad. If only baseball had done this last year or something, to have a wild card series instead of the playoff format now. I mean, if only they had done that in a pandemic shortened season.
1: Yeah, to try it out and see how it works and see how people enjoyed it and liked to watch it, but Let's not do that again.
0: No, let's not do three-game series where the home team's always at home. That wasn't fun. No one enjoyed that.
1: Let's not take the DH out of the... uh, Or put it into the National League and see how that goes, which was awesome. And then let's go back to status quo, because that makes a lot of sense.
0: Baseball's frustrating to like. Um, This series, though, Trevor Bauer versus Fernando Tatis Jr. Definitely the... I mean... Bauer, I, I, when I was thinking about it, I still wish he was on the Mets. I just feel like that would have been better for his like villain aspect. But Trevor
1: Bauer? I don't remember him as a Met.
0: If he went to the Mets. Oh, if he went. Okay, yeah, I was no. say. because that's say. his final three teams were Toronto, the Mets, and the Dodgers. Gotcha. Which I, I kind of get. I, I like it more now that they're the defending champions, and Bauer's joining the Death Star, and he's their second. I, honestly, I would probably say he's their best pitcher. Over really? over Kershaw? I yeah. feel like just in like a one-game series. Uh, honestly, I th- kind of think Bueller is better than Kershaw. But I think that's a uh, discussion for another day. Tatis okay. on Friday hit two home runs. Saturday he faces... No, wait. Friday he hits two home runs?
1: Because um, I don't think he Yes, hit,
0: yes. Because he didn't hit two off... Or he hit two off Bauer.
1: And he hit two off of Kershaw.
0: Wow, that's that's a, so the hit Todd, four home runs and then hit another one on Sunday. Five home runs in the series.
1: So here, putting that in perspective, Barry Bonds never accomplished what Tatis has already accomplished at Dodger Stadium.
0: Wow, especially for someone that played in that division. Exactly.
1: I again, it was riveting series. So like, I got to listen to the. The other thing that I enjoyed, especially the Sunday nighter, you're, I love either, again, if you had a home announcers for your team, but I like neutral announcers too. Those yeah, are they'll, fun.
0: They'll give information both for, ways. They're not they're, cheering. They get excited both ways.
1: Exactly. They're just like me. They're just cheering, enjoying a baseball game. Mm-hmm. And where was I going with this now? I was giving going to give you another stat.
0: Uh, Barry Bonds, Tatis.
1: Right. There was that stat, but okay, carry on. Because there was a few stats that uh A Rod was throwing out there that was like, whoa, interesting. But will probably come back to me.
0: He is really smart. Like he's just you could tell he's a baseball person because he just yeah. talks about it so like eloquently. Yeah, exactly. Uh so Tatis his first home run against Bauer, he runs he as he's rounding first base, he covers his eye, mocking Bauer. When he's in spring training against the Padres, he decided to pitch with one eye open, which that's kind uh, of funny. But how do you know that that's what he was doing? Bauer? No, that Tatis was doing. Oh, well, he, him. like, covered, he like cov- covered it. All right. The other one, then he hits another home run off Bauer and does the Conor McGregor strut, which became the Trevor Bauer strut. Um, And Trevor Bauer, to his credit, he said, this is good for baseball. He says, I don't like pitchers that get mad when they get shown up and they just go and hit guys. That's the one thing I have to give him credit for. The only thing he did complain about, which I actually think is kind of justified when I saw the video slowed down, is that he said Tatis was looking at the catcher signs. That,
1: it's, I, I'm glad you brought that up because um, they asked A-Rod that on um, the Sunday night feed because that was the final game. Mm-hmm. And A-Rod, again, a player said, it's impossible to be able to watch, look out of the corner of your eye. He said, "You basically need a rearview mirror in front of your cap to be able to see signs from the catcher."
0: I think it's all, I've to me. I just took it as even looking just isn't really fair. He,
1: the only thing he said you can do is you sometimes you can get a glance to see um, where the catcher's positioning his glove That's... if he does it early enough. He said, but yeah. he just said it's not that it's not the advantage you think it is.
0: No, because I don't think I would look down and see a catcher doing, like, two fingers. No, no, it. yeah,
1: not, yeah, You're not, and you're not going to read the signs, right? That's for some, if someone's on second base, they can certainly do that. But, yeah, all he said is you can kind of see where if the catcher's setting up early, but you'll see that they'll set up early, but then they'll, they'll move. Yeah. They'll, right? they'll, they'll, they're going to psych out the hitter just in case if he's having a glance. But I love the, again, the, to me, it's baseball playoff talk. That we're talking about. he Did he glance? Right? Like, it's serious. Like, He's this, mocking Bauer. Like, it, right. It, it, like it it's, is a rivalry. Absolutely. And so they've already played, what, seven times now?
0: Yeah, I think they played two series, home and home. Yeah, it
1: just seems like way too much. Like, we le- save some. I'm going to have to look at the schedule and see when they play next. Because, like I said, it was... Uh, and just having the guys on second base, I, I'm
0: assuming that's only a regular season rule. That was gonna be my point. Because as mm. I was watching games early in the season, I, I don't like this rule. I think maybe you start it in like the twelfth inning if it's like if the game's going a little too long. I get it for the regular season. If they do in the playoffs, there's no way I could accept this. In the playoffs Really? I like it. Even in the playoffs? Yes, I li- it,
1: it it just the intrigue is there immediately. Even if you have your closer in there. He throws a wild pitch. Now he's at third. Now you can bunt him home. You can uh, sack fly. Sack fly. Now you're putting the pressure on the home team. I I just think it it increases the the enjoyability of the game for me. But I'm glad we disagree on something.
0: Yeah, I just maybe maybe for me it's just because you immediately get a guy in scoring position. For me, maybe if you put him on first, I would feel better. But then it also what does that really matter? It, you could have just walked to the first guy. Like it's not as right. exciting right I, I do I do get it if it's a playoff rule I definitely will hate it a lot more because I think playoff baseball is not about because I get for doing it now in the regular season you have 162 games you kind of yeah. need to get games moving along it's kind of like the seven innings but right in the playoffs everything slowed down and I don't think you and not that it's not fair because both teams get it obviously but I just I hope it's just a regular season rule
1: okay here's another regular season current rule you tell me whether you like it or not, a pitcher in a doubleheader game pitches a no-hitter. Is it a no-hitter, or is it an asterisk, a no-hitter?
0: I would call it an asterisk to me, and that was Madison Baumgarner on Sunday pitched a no-hitter, a seven-inning no-hitter yep. against uh, the Atlanta Braves. He said... He was happy that Rob Manfred put it in seven-inning games, and that's definitely the rule I really like. Seven-inning doubleheaders, I yep. think that's really fun. To me, though, it's not... You could call it a no-hitter, uh, I'll say that, but to me, if you compare it to other no-hitters, he got, what, 20, 21 outs? Six outs short? Yep. The, to me, it's just not... The, those six outs clearly have made a difference before.
1: Oh, for sure. Uh, to me... A seven inning no hitter is like a regular great outing by a current starting pitcher. Now, yeah, most pitchers don't go more than seven innings, right? You have your eighth and ninth inning guy, mm -hmm, even regardless. Even some guys will
0: go like five innings, right? And and you have a deeper bullpen, right? I, I get wanting to call it that, and obviously the brave or the Diamondbacks manager said it was a no hitter, which. To if we want to speak about it literally, in the game that he pitched, there were he allowed no hits and won the game. Then sure, but still six out short.
1: Good thing to debate. Uh depends if the uh, uh, sorry, is MLB are they keeping the seven inning thing think permanently? So. It's a new I think it's a if thing. It's a, okay. I do I know it again it was another thing that came from the pandemic. There's gonna be lots of good stuff. In baseball, anyway, I think. That that's they've gonna, gonna come. That's going to come out of this pandemic.
0: Yeah. Um, someone who survived a pandemic and is still the best pitcher in baseball. I don't think anybody can disagree. Jacob DeGrom against the Washington Nationals, which, because their game got delayed, it was their Jackie Robinson day. So, they were wearing wow. 42. Okay. Even though that was a couple a weeks week ago? ago. At least, yeah. Uh, so, DeGrom, 15 strikeouts, two hits against the Nationals. I... It's honestly not as fun to say Degrom is the best pitcher in baseball. I don't really think that's an argument. It's it's more of just like how far ab- above is he than everyone else.
1: Mm, that's a good question.
0: Because and then, but to me, that's the fun part of I just count Degrom not even in the top five. Who's the top five after him? You could go Cole, Bieber, Bauer. Like there's enough guys in there. Right. But Degrom and the Mets are at least giving him some run support. Right. And. It, finally it, yeah at least now the Mets to me them and the Braves I think will be that race in the NL East
1: it, I really think it's going to be wide open We're right close to the end because there there's just no dominant team for no, me the, in the National League East the it's,
0: dominant Phillies but, lost 12-2 to to the Rockies it's so. the
1: it's the NFC East <laughs> of baseball
0: yeah and some of the same teams <laughs> exactly uh The Oakland A's lost their streak 13 games. They lost to Baltimore, who the Yankees are playing right now. I guess it's just nice to acknowledge. Good for Baltimore for ending that streak. Oakland has had such a hot run that, at least for now, unless they really go down the drain, that they'll be in playoff contention. And they've been cold and hot.
1: They started 0-8. They set a record. (laughs) Most wins after going 0-8. Like the, You want to talk about a hot and cold team? There's a hot and cold team there. So does that mean now they lose their next seven? <laughs> yeah, this, wow.
0: This might be the streaky team of baseball. Yeah. Money ball. Streaky ball. <laughs> uh, let's go to our Yankees update, where this weekend against Cleveland, uh, Giancarlo Stanton hit two home runs on Friday. We had Garrett Cole versus Shane Bieber, which – Shane Bieber, to me, is a top five pitcher in baseball unless he has to face the Yankees. Yeah, he
1: just doesn't seem like the same pitcher against the Yankees. I don't know what it is. The Yankees like to take pitches, and I, he doesn't like to throw
0: close enough strikes, I think, and that costs them against the Yankees. And it's funny that Bieber in his first four starts had, had uh, tied for the second most. Uh, did I say strikeouts? Strikeouts in his first four starts tied right. for second. Jacob deGrom this year was first. He right. had 50 strikeouts. Beaver had 48, and in a matchup of Garrett Cole versus Shane Bieber, it's, it's Garrett Cole, and he's just he's obviously amazing, one of the best pitchers in baseball. But he just feels so reliable.
1: Exactly, that's that's a good word to call it because he's just in control out there. Like the the he's got picture er, pitchers, he's got hitters guessing every time they're up to bat. You can just tell they're just they're not. They're not getting good swings on his pitches.
0: And you throw in, what, an 89 mile per hour changeup, mm-hmm. and he's going up 10, 15, yeah. or maybe even 15. He hit, he's
1: hit 100 a few times already this year. Like in the later innings, too, when he wants to give a little bit more.
0: Yeah, like it doesn't seem like he, if anything, he gains energy throughout yeah. the
1: game. Yeah. 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 He's a guy that I think if you want him in the playoffs, he can go 115 120 pitches no problem
0: but it's also funny that this yankees team was always built by the bullpen and now they have a starter who can go seven eight innings in a playoff game and it's not really that necessary Mm -hmm. uh during that game aaron hicks hit a home run rudner door hit the game winning home run it's good to see hicks kind of come out of maybe not fully out of a slump but
1: yeah, no, they're coming out like it's it's contagious, right? Once one guy gets, and you knew it was going to come eventually, they they could have swept this series. They were up 3-0 uh, against Cleveland. They kind of blew that in the fourth game. But again, you take 3 out of 4, and yeah, everyone started hitting. So once that starts coming around, I'm not too concerned. It's still, like I said, it's, it's early, but they're starting to hit. They're starting to hit. So, yeah. I'm not too concerned about it. I think the pitching's only going to get better, to be honest with you, once Town gets a little bit more comfortable, I think. Again, he's been off for two years. Same with Kluber. Both of them have been off for two years. So, yeah, give him a few months pitching, and I I think they're only going to get better. And it's nice to see that they finally get Garcia a start. I I don't know why. I guess they they wanted to give – or man another start which actually he pitched well so now they're back to six starters I think but it looks like at least baseball's minor league leagues are starting so th- I think that's a good sign so you're gonna get these guys playing and now you won't have a taxi squad hopefully anymore where you're- these guys can actually play in games rather than just playing against themselves or wh- I don't yeah, know what at they're the, do- at the alternate training. yeah side. what are they doing there like is uh, it must be boring Right, like they, there's 10 guys there and they, what do they just play next guy up to bat and let's practice batting together and I don't know. But yeah, just a little bit more it would be nice.
0: So yeah, uh, Tyon, I thought the most interesting part of this was his ERA throughout the different innings. So his first inning's at zero. Right. His second and third innings are both at 4.50. Uh, the fourth inning, that is the problem. His ERA currently at 19. Wow. Wow. So you could see that going deeper into games, it's almost kind of a good thing they have this rotational depth that if they need to give Ty on another, like an extra rest, that they can slide in one of those other guys like Garcia, Armand, and then once Severino comes back. Right. Which is crazy to think about that this rotation is already so deep. Yeah. And they're still getting someone back. Right. Kind of reminded me of the Dodgers. I was looking at their rotation. Oh, my
1: goodness. Uh, Watching me, I wish he was a Yankee. He's a great pitcher, and he's their number five guy.
0: And the only reason I think he's their number five right now is because Tony Gonsolin isn't playing. Like, he was one of their best pitchers in the playoffs. Right. And it's just, like, I'm thinking of the rotation. I'm like, oh, yeah, Kershaw and Bauer and Bueller. Oh, yeah, and the guy that uh, I think pitched the last three innings of the World Series, Julio Arias. Right. Yeah. It is it is not a fair team. No. Uh, so we mentioned Davi Garcia making his, uh, at least – Season debut tonight. Yep, and Clint Frazier, I thought was the other interesting one because he makes a ridiculous Superman diving catch, unbelievable. But today also talks about how his reduced playing time has been justified because he hasn't been hitting well at the plate.
1: He's not. He's been struggling the entire time. There doesn't seem to be a um a chance that he's going to get out of this slump. That that's just the way he looks at the plate where. Glaber, you just knew eventually he's going to break out. Just I couldn't. I feel bad for him because this is Frazier's chance to to be a number one outfielder, and he hit well last year, but wasn't playing well defensively. Now it's the other way around. He's playing decent decent defense, but uh, he just can't hit.
0: So when. When is the time to I don't want to say give up on him cuz that's not really fair but right. how how much time is too much time waiting for him to develop into even a just a starter
1: That's a good question cuz they I know they're really high on Talkman too so he could take over at any time to And that's be another with you, That's another lefty de- bat Right he's a lefty bat and and he's way better defensively so they're already taking Frazier out of games in the 7th in a close game to throw in Talkman for defensive purposes. So if Talkman can start hitting in any of the games he gets to play, then you kind of push him out, right? Yeah. Or Gardner. Yeah. Right? Either one of them could push him out. It's almost like Higashioka with Sanchez. Right.
0: If he's hitting well, what's the point of taking him out?
1: Uh, I, I'm surprised Sanchez got the start yesterday and today. I really thought they'd go with Kyle, but I guess, they're, again, they're just. Hoping that he breaks out of his slump because I just seen the stats. He's two for his last twenty four with no extra base hits for Sanchez. But before that, he was hitting two
0: ninety six for the first, you know, eight games of the year. Uh, this is this is a weird one to bring up during the Yankees update. But apparently, the Los Angeles Angels and Yankees discussed an Aaron Judge trade in the oh offseason. Really? I don't know what kind of blockbuster that could have looked like, but I imagine Mike Trout wasn't coming the other way. That. As much as Judge has his struggles trading him, this, I guess, not even that he's that young, but this early in his career would seem like a mistake to me.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Again, he's struggling this year, but I just like his patience at the plate. It it pays dividends, not just for him, but I think for the whole team. I know Max uh, Muncy for... The Dodgers, he's the same kind of guy. Again, the game for I was going to say last night, but yeah, I guess it would be last night. Is it Monday right now? Yeah. yeah. Um, he walked four times.
0: I think he walked Once five. I think, oh, well, there you go. I, think, well, I know he walked like four a, for sure. That's when I started watching, because after the Oscars, it was like the eighth or ninth inning. And it's like, right. oh, I'm definitely going to watch this. Why wouldn't I? And yeah, Maxie was like a Dodger record for walks. Right.
1: Yeah, you you if you're taking lots of pitches, you it, it's paying dividends not just for yourself because you get to see more pitches, but you're helping your team because now you're going to knock that pitcher out of the. If he's got to pitch eight, nine, ten pitches to you, guess what? He's not going to last that long in the lineup.
0: Yeah. Uh, anything else for baseball this weekend? No. All right, let's shift over to the NHL where the Leafs and Jets had a pretty. I've had a pretty entertaining series mm-hmm. and. I'm almost now disappointed if we don't get to see this in the playoffs. Yeah, it's
1: almost like the Dodgers and the uh, and the Padres. Yeah, yeah, if they don't play each other, yeah, I'll be disappointed. But I guess it's a good thing now because I I'd, I'd be disappointed if Montreal and Toronto don't play either. So chances are pretty good that one of those teams are going to play the Leafs.
0: We're going to get at some point a rivalry that we will want to see, right? Whether it's Winnipeg, Toronto, that really. I don't know, actually, they've had a rivalry over the last couple of years, but they only played twice a year. Yeah. And the Leafs and Canadians, we haven't seen them play in the playoffs since 1979. Right. Uh, the Nikolai Ehlers, Joe Thornton. Yeah, what was that all about? Like, Thornton was just giving it to him. And Thornton breaks his stick, cross-checking Ehlers, goes, gets another stick, and then cross-checks Ehlers. Like, I, I didn't see anything that happened, and people brought up the slash, but... I thought that happened after, like after everything had started, Thornton just like, and I'd never seen him freak out like this.
1: I, I you know what? I rewound the, again, I was taped it. So I rewound it. Go, why was he so <laughs> upset? Cause you're right. He never gets that mad, but he, and Ellers isn't that kind of player where like, what, what's he mad about? But he just was giving it to him on the bench. Or, sorry, in the penalty box.
0: And Thornton just kept yapping, and he's just yeah. sitting there, like, and even, like, he's going back and forth, and he eventually stops because, like, what's the point? Right. What is what is the point of this argument?
1: Yeah, it was a one sided argument or a one way argument.
0: Yeah. Pierre Luc Dubois and Wayne Simmons also got kicked out of the game. They got game misconducts for just, they were yapping on the bench, and it was a couple minutes left. The game was already out of hand, and they just didn't want anything to go awry.
1: Right, and there, how? What game number was that for the those two teams? Seven. Um, it depends how many times. I close. think they have one more game. Okay,
0: so if they play, I think they probably play ten. So that's probably their ninth game this year. That's right. that's seeing you, a team enough.
1: You're, you're getting you're going to see more fights here the last little bit, especially if, you know teams again seven, eight, nine times playing each other. It's going to happen.
0: People were calling the Leafs dirty, and that was after the game. Before, do you think the Leafs are dirty? No, they're just. Even Wayne Simmons said it. We're defending ourselves.
1: Yeah, I don't call the Leafs a dirty team at all. I, I actually think they should get a little bit more dirty, to be <laughs> honest with you, especially they, come playoff time. And they have the guys to do it, right? Now you got you got Simmons, right? Even and th- you got Foligno and Thornton. Yeah, and Thornton. <laughs> it's not so much, but yeah, yeah. he's clearly showing got, it now.
0: Muzzin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nikolai Ehlers, we also found out it's out for the rest of the regular season because of a hit by Jake Muzzin. Oh, not a huge blow. I mean, if he starts missing playoff games, that's when it becomes a concern. Uh, Mark Shifley also benched during the second period after not back checking on the John Tavares goal. He didn't agree with it. I I don't think Paul Maurice is one to have much of a conversation about the benching. Right. I just, I don't know how you bench your number one center. I get, I get trying to send a message, but I would probably bench him for a shift or two. Yeah. And and then say, you're our best player. Please get back out there. Yep. Um, uh, Montreal, Calgary, this uh, suddenly turned into a playoff race. Calgary four points back heading into tonight, and if Calgary wins again, they'll be two points back of Montreal. Can the Flames catch the Canadians? No.
1: That was. I feel like I'm, I'm answering like the Calgary Flames head coach because <laughs> someone asked him that question the other day. I don't know if you saw that uh, post game interview. Was the obviously it wasn't against Montreal. It was the game before? I forget who they were playing, and they lost. <laughs> and yeah the announcer or the reporter just said like do you think your uh your team you know had a good bounce back game or i forget it was you know no
0: yeah that he's he's also someone i can't imagine is too accustomed to the zoom call post game yeah, interview instead yeah, of being in front of the people
1: right that's true but um, yeah i don't i i just don't think they have what it takes to catch them to be honest with you
0: we also get to see the debut of Cole Caulfield tonight, Montreal finally fitting him under the cab. He so must they
1: got uh, Primo back to the taxi squad because that was the only way that was going to work.
0: It's fascinating that they had the Hobie Baker win, uh, winner waiting in the wings because of cap concerns. Wow. I, I wondered if he makes enough of an impact if he's going to be on the roster come playoff time.
1: Again, I'm just curious how the playoffs work for salary cap wise. I'm just wondering if it's now just becomes wide open. I'm not sure. I'll have to look that up.
0: Especially because Freddie count. Freddie Anderson's practicing and like yeah. had a full practice, and he says he wants to play before the oh end boy, of the regular that's, season. It's getting it's getting ugly in Toronto, isn't it? <laughs> um, we also found out Saturday headlines, which I'm glad when you brought it up to me because it it's not as good as Coach's Corner with with Ron and Don, but no. If if anything could replace that, it's Chris Johnston and Elliot Friedman talking about news around the league. Yeah, no, I, I,
1: again, I did like you did. I, that's the only time I stopped now. I used to stop for Don Cherry's Coach's Corner, and then it was for Brian Burke, whatever he called his... Little, I, don't, I don't know what his was. Yeah, he had something. I don't know what it was called because it wasn't on long enough, but yeah, he was awesome. And then, uh, yeah, now I'll just watch that because everything else is... Don't enjoy watching an analysis of the first period.
0: Kevin, what did you think? I thought this. Uh, Jennifer Botterill, what yeah. did you think? I thought this. Come like, up, it's just... It's come not up creative. With some new,
1: yeah. You need some new ideas for intermissions. Like, there's so much out there. Like, why commit to that?
0: I'll, I don't I'll, know. I'll take just Christopher Versteeg and Kevin Biaxa going at each other. That would at least be fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, we did find out in the headlines that there are two options for next season schedule. I'm just glad the NHL's considering options. Uh, So, option one is a home-and-home with the opposing conference, so 32 games. You'll play three games versus the other division to equal 24 games and 26 games within the division. Uh, Four times against five teams and then three times against the other two teams. And it would then lead to a conference playoff system. I like it. Which we have been calling for. Yes, please. (laughs) The other option two is a home and home with the other three divisions. So 48 games, Uh, four games versus each division opponent. So 28 games and six games for special scheduling. So more Rangers versus Islanders, uh, et cetera, just rivalry games. This would then be the divisional playoff system.
1: So, w- divisional as in the way it is now? Yes. Yeah. See, I like A then, for yeah. sure.
0: Yeah, it's just... I liked the idea of the more special games, but I also... That's the only thing I like about number two. Yeah, but with... Yeah, with the option one, you get the conference playoffs, you do a home-and-home home with the other conference, which I right. already do anyways. Yeah. I don't know if I love only three games against the other division, but... 26 games within your own division, if you end up... I feel like with the conference instead of divisions, if you play a division team in the playoffs, it's just more organic, and it doesn't feel forced. Right. So I would definitely agree with option one. Yeah. Um, Tampa taking down Columbus doesn't seem like a headline until we mention um, another new Lightning player, Alex beret Boulet scored his first career NHL goal for the Lightning because, of course, they just keep finding these guys. Right. Out of nowhere, also, Victor Hedman scored the overtime winner 10 seconds into the period. Wow. that is about sums up the Columbus Blue Jackets season. Tortorella must have gave him a bag skate the next day. Although we seem to talk about them every episode. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Minnesota Wild clinched a playoff spot, which the third team in the NHL That's to do surprising. so, and all in the same division. I think wow. that just shows how bad that division, the West, the Honda West division is.
1: Yes, totally agree. It's my least watched division.
0: Um, I actually didn't write this down, but uh Dallas beat Detroit in overtime two one, yeah. and I'm I'm gonna take this as a win. I, I don't think that was a loss. The Stars outshot the Red Wings fifty one to seventeen. I watched that game, yeah. That was such a good performance by the Red Wings, although they got out shot, but that's a game where if you just look at the number and you go, Wow, Dallas must have dominated. The Red Wings are up one nothing for what the major until like the second period.
1: Yeah. And they didn't get a shot Dallas, I think, for the last I think it was eight or nine minutes of the third period, which was impressive considering how many shots they got.
0: Yeah, I think they were at like twenty or thirty shots after the first period. Like and, it was not fair. And the first. game winner was a beauty. Yeah, Jamie Benn oh. the perfect shot. Yeah. Um trying to see oh Keith Yandel moved to second all time on uh consecutive games played. The Iron Man list. Good good for him, I got. Yeah. I feel like I didn't have much more to say beyond that. I just think that's pretty impressive. Second most all time. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh Noah Hannafin, we found out done for the year, shoulder surgery. Uh I already mentioned Nikolai Eulers. The other real surprising news I have to say is Andrew Shaw. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks forward is retiring at the age of twenty nine, which shocked me that he was twenty nine. Right, and is he playing for anyone? Hey, he's playing for the Blackhawks. He went back oh, to Chicago. Okay. Uh, he said he was re- retiring because of multiple concussions, wow. so he just wanted to play it safe. I mean, multiple times Stanley Cup champion, so he gets to leave the league with a smile. Right. I think that's all I had for yeah, all I had for the NHL. Unless you had something else
1: uh i'll save it for my okay bad good and the great
0: uh in the nba the battle of the winning streaks the knicks beat the raptors in a game that although the scoreline might not say it, the raptors were actually in that game pretty late
1: yeah like i've all of a sudden i've realized that i'm not fast forwarding through those games c- because they're competitive again I don't know, the Raptors seem to, with these new bunch of guys, they've kind of figured out that they can play basketball with the best of them
0: again. Uh, They play tonight against Cleveland, no Gary Trent Jr. because of a leg injury. But I think the highlight of the Raptors week has to be, and I don't know why I didn't see this before the Friday episode, but Malachi Flynn and Fred Gillespie were given the rookie treatment and they were forced to sing Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus in front of the entire team. Wow. Did you see this video? No. Um, I have to say the saving grace is Gillespie because Malachi Flynn did not look like he was having fun or Uh, cared. At least Gillespie kind of like tried to have fun with it. Gotcha. Um, it was it was pretty robotic performance from Flynn. Right. But it was fun for the team and Kyle Lowry set it up and it it just seemed like a moment where the team was having fun. Doctor Kyle. Doctor Kyle. Yes. Um, over the weekend the Brooklyn Nets who I didn't realize this, but Kyrie Irving was as celebrating Ramadan, so no food or water, sun up to sun down. Very impressive to play an NBA game while right. not eating or drinking. Usually happens in the playoffs. Ennis Cantor, there's a few guys in the league. Jalen Brown, uh, Yusuf Nurkic. It is especially, especially, especially impressive when he scores 30-plus points. Kevin Durant came back Sunday against the Phoenix Suns. Uh, didn't start, which made me happy because I'm glad he doesn't have an ego like that, that he right. needs to start in a game, Right, and he scored 33 points. So the Nets are going to get James Harden back. The question is, do they have enough time to play together to be fully ready for the playoffs because they're all great individually, but right. I think they've played seven games together, and I don't I even know if the it's X Factor. all three of them. Uh, elsewhere, the Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry. I just, I'm so happy every time I get to watch him. He scores 33 points against Denver in a win. He scores 37 against Sacramento in another win. He made 85 three pointers in the month of April, and wow. it's April
1: 26th. That's impressive.
0: Most all time. We also got a, um, a possible Clay Thompson sighting where the Warriors put on their Instagram. That it was a picture of Clay, and then another picture of a special announcement coming tomorrow. Yeah. and if it's Clay Thompson coming back, that would be the greatest NBA news I think I had ever heard. Okay, if it was possible to get Clay back for the playoffs, and it would probably be the eight seeded Golden State Warriors against the Utah Jazz, who clinched a playoff spot. Right, I think these NBA playoffs would be pretty top notch. Uh, elsewhere, John Morant, and he is willing his Memphis Grizzlies to the playoffs. He scored 33 points and 13 assists against Portland. Uh, the Utah jazz, although they lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves at home, they did clinch a playoff spot. The first team to do so, uh, the Denver nuggets. I just, I feel so bad, especially after they lost Jamal Murray. It also now will Barton has out for the foreseeable future. So, that's the bad side of Denver. The good side, Michael Porter Jr. scored 39 points against the Houston Rockets. So, it looks like Jokic will at least have a decent score next to him for the playoffs. Right. Uh, Anthony Davis, I mean, he is back. He's played two games. First game, he played 15 minutes. Then he played just over 20 minutes against Dallas on Saturday. Getting eased back. The Lakers don't seem like they're too concerned until the playoffs. LeBron doesn't even... He's not... I haven't heard any progression yet on his injury.
1: Wow. Well, you think he'd want to get in for five or six games before the playoffs start?
0: I I feel like maybe they're just that cryptic that he's already practicing and yeah, nobody knows. That could be. Um, my last NBA thing for this episode was the Atlanta Hawks. I have to officially apologize because I was wrong. I thought it was Trey Young. I thought it was bad basketball. Trey young has missed the last two games oh and bogdan bogdanovich has stepped into the point guard role and this hawks team is actually really good and i think they're the five seed right now although i don't really want to see a Knicks hawks first round series it'll actually be pretty good basketball right so i have to formally apologize to the atlanta hawks and although, one of
1: those teams will be pretty excited to get to the second round if they play each other because i don't think either team has made it to round two in decades
0: not atlanta the knicks yeah the hawks had the 2015 team where i think all five of their starters were all-star starters something like that they made i think they made the conference finals but they got swept by lebron okay that about sums up the atlanta hawks Yep. uh let's go to the nfl where Dallas Cowboy linebacking legend. When he ever plays, Sean Lee announced yeah. his retirement. I imagine he's just gonna coach the Cowboys, isn't he? That's kind of already what he was doing. I would
1: think, yeah, yeah. He really went downhill the last couple of years because of injuries, unfortunately.
0: When he was on the field, though, he just he seemed like a productive player.
1: Yeah, but I mean, he was a dominant player when in his prime, and again, that was only a couple of years ago.
0: Uh, in terms of NFL draft. News the San Francisco 49ers are confusing everybody. First, it came out that they're deciding between either Mac Jones or Trey Lance, which makes sense from the quarterback position. But Kyle Shanahan also said he's comfortable with five quarterbacks, which made me think. So, I guess you're, I guess if he's saying five, he's counting Lawrence and Zach Wilson, who right. will go off the board one yeah. and two. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. It's amazing to me that Justin Fields isn't in this conversation at all. There you go. People people have really picked him apart. Apparently, the Patriots are going to look to trade up for him, and I think that's kind of the perfect fit for Fields. He'll sit behind Cam Newton for a year, or honestly, I don't think it would surprise anyone to see him take over. Just a
1: young Cam Newton. Yeah,
0: yeah. actually, I could see that. I see that more than I know before. I think I said Russell Wilson, but I, I don't see that as much anymore. Uh, apparently, the Atlanta Falcons are getting uh trade offers for Julio Jones, and no can I can I <laughs> deny the trade for on behalf of my team?
1: yeah, I would think uh, well I guess if they think the Falcons are rebuilding
0: and taking see what
1: you can get from.
0: Yeah, no, I I would want all the first round picks. I, there's no trade package to me that would be suitable for Julio Jones, no matter how good or bad this Falcons team wants to be. Um, That's all the news. All right, are you ready for my mock draft? Yes. All right, you can. The thing about this is it's fun because I know I'm going to be wrong, and I'm okay with that. I also did this assuming there's no trades. That's how I usually do mock drafts. Okay. First two picks, I think, are pretty easy. Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville, Zach Wilson of the Jets. Although I don't necessarily agree with Zach Wilson. I think he's just a fit for the Jets. Uh, Three, again, I don't agree with it, but everyone seems to be pointing this way that the 49ers will take Mac Jones. Uh, Who would you take in that three spot? If you were the 49ers, clearly you're there to draft a quarterback.
1: But are you? Are you there to draft a quarterback
0: would you trade up all that way for? No,
1: you already got a quarterback, and you got a good team.
0: Yeah, I don't. I also you just went to the Super Bowl when you everybody was With, healthy. Yeah,
1: you're getting everyone back. So like, I don't know. Go like go after like
0: Pits. Go after like there's someone lots... who's going to make an immediate impact. Impact.
1: Yeah, defensive like a cornerback or you know like there's lots of good players.
0: I think if the 49ers stayed at number 12, I think they would have gotten Mac Jones. Right. I I don't think they had to trade up to get him. No, I I don't disagree with you. Uh, Number four, the Falcons. And if this doesn't happen and they don't trade, then that's going to be a fun Friday podcast. Kyle Pitts tight end out of Florida. It's Mm -hmm. honestly not fair to call him a tight end. And if the Falcons don't pick him and still pick at number four, Mm. that is an embarrassment.
1: But maybe that's why they're listing for calls for Julio. Yeah, uh, it's be the replacement, and depending on what someone's going to give you back, which maybe it's a number, another number one pick.
0: Yeah, I top mean top ten. Yeah, that would make me feel better. But I, I think it would also. I would. I don't think the Falcons would ask for it, but especially when DeAndre Hopkins last year went for a second round pick. I think a first round, a top 10 first round pick is the minimum, at least in my head. Uh, Number five. I thought this was. I never thought this would happen, but I decided to. The whole time I thought, okay, Cincinnati's going to take Penny Sewell, the offensive lineman from Oregon. I now changed my mind. I looked at their tackles. They signed a tackle, and they have Jonah Williams from Alabama a couple years ago. Okay. I went with Jamar Chase, wide receiver from LSU. He's got some. History okay. with Joe Burrow, former right. teammates, and another weapon. You add him to Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and uh, better for Burrow, who apparently said he'll be ready for the start of the season.
1: Oh, wow. That's that's impressive because I thought he would have been out for a full year.
0: At least most of next season. Uh, number six, Miami Dolphins. I went with Penny Sewell. I think they need people to protect Tua. If they go quarterback here, I wouldn't be shocked. But I would want an offensive lineman. Right. To at least, to. If you're protecting to his side, I guess you need a right tackle. Did they lose anybody? Uh, No. In the offseason? So it's their same. Pretty front much. They five. picked up Will Fuller from Houston.
1: A couple of Chiefs offensive linemen that are available. Yeah. One, one of them's going to be out, though, for probably yeah, the year. Or, Fisher. Yeah. I think
0: Fisher, because he tore his Achilles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mitchell Schwartz. We haven't heard anything i wonder if one of them goes back to kansas city could be just on a cheaper deal uh number seven i had detroit taking a wide receiver i just i went back and forth on which one they should take i went with devonta smith from alabama honestly it was the two alabama wide receivers it was him right. or waddle well, you could yep. go back and forth yep. Yep. uh number eight I at carolina taking rashawn slater i think they would have been a quarterback destination if they didn't trade for Sam Darnold. Now, right. what's the point right. unless they want a competition? Uh, Number nine, and this is amazing because the top three are quarterbacks and there hasn't been a quarterback since. Number nine, I did Trey Lance, North Dakota State. I think Denver wants a quarterback to at least compete with Drew Locke yeah. if he has to sit behind him for a year because Lance is a project and he's probably not going to be an NFL starter day one. No, no absolutely not. Number 10, your Dallas Cowboys. I went with Patrick Sertan, yeah, the that's cornerback out of Alabama. They're
1: saying he's gonna, yeah, they need defense. Uh,
0: number 11, the New York Giants. I had them taking Micah Parsons, linebacker. Um, Penn State. It, honestly, I had him there. He's also not my favorite linebacker from this class. And that will come a few picks later. Number 12, the Eagles. I went with Jalen Waddle. I okay. I think the falcon or the Falcons, the Eagles, have missed on wide receivers the last two years. They right. picked Jalen Rager over. I don't even AJ Brown. I think was that draft, and they picked. I don't know. Wait, maybe Rager. They they missed out on AJ Brown and Justin Jefferson. I think that's disappointment enough that you need at least a good wide receiver. Yep. And we didn't get to see Waddle that much. So if no. unless teams. I could see Detroit picking Waddle over Smith, and then Devontae Smith becomes an Eagle. That makes sense to me. Uh, 13, the Los Angeles Chargers. I went with J.C. Horn, uh, cornerback out of South Carolina. I just kind of looked at positional needs for the Chargers. Right. Didn't really watch much South Carolina football. Did you? No,
1: they weren't very good.
0: Uh, 14, the Minnesota Vikings. I went with, um, Christian Derrissaw, Virginia Tech offensive tackle. I think Kirk Cousins is an underrated quarterback and he needs to be protected, at least a little better. Yeah. Um, 15, and this is with no trades, I had Justin Fields falling to the Patriots.
1: Oh, okay.
0: I imagine in the actual draft, the Patriots would probably have to trade up because someone else would trade up, like a Chicago or a team. Chicago
1: already has two quarterbacks and a solid number one Dalton. (laughs)
0: dalton and nick Foles. i would probably take a quarterback to sit behind them for a year but uh 16 arizona i went with greg Newsom, cornerback out of northwestern the cardinals lost patrick peterson they just need some kind of replacement although he is on six foot 192 pounds not as big as peterson but at least a replacement uh the las vegas raiders I went with Elijah Vera Tucker, the guard from USC. Um, the Raiders kind of got rid of their whole offensive line, so I imagine they need to build it somewhere. And Vera Tucker was kind of lower on draft boards, so that's why I imagine the Raiders would pick him. Right. 18, which is my favorite linebacker in this class, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, mouthful. Yep. Uh to the Miami Dolphins. Where where did he play? Notre Dame. Oh, no. Number number six. He honestly kind of looked more like a cornerback than okay. anything. Um more of a coverage linebacker. I I don't know. And maybe not even a scheme fit. I didn't think that deeply. Right. Um six one, two twenty one, and ran at least a pretty flat or a pretty fast um forty yard dash. Yep. Um, is NFL comparison? This is great. Is Derwin James so a safety? Okay. Um, nineteen. The Washington football team took. I took uh, Zaven Collins, linebacker from Tulsa. At this point, I'm just kind of taking shots in the dark. I did not watch um Tulsa football, but he did get compared to Leighton Vander Esch. And honestly, if that Washington defense gets any better, I don't right. think that's much fair for the NFL. That's much fair. Very fair. Uh, number twenty. Not a quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Uh, I went with Elijah Moore, wide receiver out of Ole Miss. I think they just kind of – they make Ole Miss makes good wide receivers, creates them. Uh NFL comparison, Antonio Brown. So at least another weapon for those quarterbacks right. if you're not picking another one. Uh, number 21, which is probably the biggest drop I have because everyone is worried about how they're going to coach this guy, Christian Barmore defensive tackle out of alabama it's character issues so i sent him to indianapolis why who knows uh 22 tennessee i went with caleb farley who before his surgery he was the top cornerback 6 197 compared to sean smith i just think tennessee if i think tennessee's just willing to take a shot with him i guess
1: they've I, lost a lot of players
0: And they got rid of Malcolm Butler, but that was their choice. Right. Which, actually, Malcolm Butler might have signed in Arizona. So that might not be a good pick there. Uh, Number 23, the New York Jets. I went with Quiddy Pay, Michigan guy. So I got to put him in there for Robert Sala. Uh, 24, this is going to make Stephen A. Smith happy. Uh, I went with Najee Harris, the running back out of Alabama. Finally. (laughs) Finally. Finally.
1: Finally. Out of all your picks, that is the first running back. I wonder if that is a record, like how low a running back has ever been picked
0: in the first round? In the
1: first round of the NFL draft.
0: I don't know if one was picked last year before. I think Clyde Edwards Alaire was first, and he was the last pick of the draft of the first round.
1: Wow. Just goes to show you how low the running game is now in the NFL.
0: It's replaceable. Yeah. Uh, twenty five. I went with Tevin Jenkins, who I'm just gonna show you this picture. Look at this guy. He's offensive tackle from <laughs> Oklahoma State. I don't know why he's a football player. He looks right. very nice. He <laughs> looks very nice. He's also six foot five, three hundred and seventeen pounds. So wow, put that guy it's in front treat. of Trevor Lawrence. Yep. Uh, twenty six, and I think this guy will actually go higher, but um, it's Aziz Ojolari from Georgia, 6'2", 249. He's more of a three four defensive player but I think because he's an edge I just think uh, Cleveland would take the chance with him and almost have like a rotational thing like the Eagles had when they won the Super Bowl Uh, 27 I went with the Baltimore Ravens taking Rashad Bateman who I think was maybe the fifth or sixth highest rated wide receiver when I just watched his highlights I just I was intrigued they compared him to Michael Gallup which not really a first round player but Lamar Jackson needs targets uh 28 uh the new orleans saints taking terrence marshall jr another wide receiver out of lsu six-two, two hundred five, compared to josh doxson do you remember josh doxson he played at no. uh tcu and he got drafted by washington no he was and out- i think he was a unanimous all-american and okay. then just kind of didn't work out in the nfl right uh, he actually still might be in the nfl i'm not too sure uh 29 the Green Bay Packers I had them taking Landon Dickerson, the center out of Alabama. Uh the char- or the Packers lost their center or he might have been the right guard, but one of their anchors of their offensive line, so why not take an Alabama offensive lineman? Right. They kind of breed them. Uh 30, which I think you're going to really enjoy this pick. I had the Buffalo Bills taking Travis Etienne.
1: Well, again, I would have thought he was the best running back in the draft, so but yep. I, that and buffalo is the one team that needs a running
0: back <laughs> out of any team in the league uh, who wouldn't want to see Etienne yeah. either running it out of the backfield or catching it cuz he's
1: a, yeah he's a good pass catcher right so that would be a g- real good fit in buffalo
0: uh 21 or 21 31 the baltimore ravens i had them take linebacker uh, Jamin, i think Jamin davis uh don't really know much about him. They compared him to Kiko Alonso, and so that was enough for me. He played at right. Kentucky and I don't really know what Baltimore needs outside unless they wanted to take two wide receivers in the first round. The end of the first round is always like I would say for me I'm gonna say twenty six to thirty two. So Cleveland, Baltimore, New Orleans, Green Bay, Buffalo, Baltimore again, and Tampa Bay. I imagine there's some trades in there. Right. Um finally, thirty second. I went with Jalen Phillips and Edge to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He played in Miami. I always like... Even I did that with Terrence Marshall going from LSU to New Orleans. Right. I like picking guys when you're not moving too far away from where you played college. Yep. Uh, so that's my first round. I'm so excited when it's like the fourth pick and I'm already wrong because... We'll see. That's the NFL draft. There's always Which trades.
1: Which is... when's a date for that now? Uh, Thursday. Thursday.
0: Okay. So Friday virtually, we'll be able to talk
1: virtually about... Virtually done in where? Vegas? Vegas.
0: Um, whereas I've, I don't know why I feel like it's Cleveland. That's a very random place to put a draft, but, uh, cause I know some of the guys are attending, like Zach Wilson's oh, going to be there. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. Uh, April 29th to May 1st, three days for the NFL draft. But the, our next episode, will talk about the first round and why the Raiders picked someone they shouldn't have. Right. Exactly. So always what happens. Even. Yeah. Even if they work out, they still would have picked someone like that too high.
1: <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh,
0: all right, that's it for me. Uh, let's hear your bad, your good, and your great. Okay.
1: Uh, bad, I'm going to go with the New Jersey Devils. Um, up 3-1 with two minutes to play in the game against the Flyers. Flyers pull their goalie and score two goals on the empty net. Uh, sorry, with, with an empty M- net. So, again, there's my stat. I'm waiting for my stat if you're going to get it for me. I, I'm hoping you will at some point. <laughs> How many goals are scored with the man pulled as opposed to getting scored on as opposed to nobody scoring? I'm pretty sure that's probably low. That might be the lowest percentage that, out of those three that scenarios. That nobody scores? Yeah. I
0: don't know, probably. Like, There's most games you're watching and someone's down one, there's – Usually, I would say more often than not, there's an empty netter. Right. Especially now that guys are just throwing it from their own like I, I'm surprised line.
1: more goalies aren't scoring again because of that. But I guess because they can't play the puck in that trapezoid, that they're not going after the puck, throwing it down the ice. And usually goalies will only do it when it's a two-goal lead. But yeah, again, that was the New Jersey game. <laughs> that's, wow, the Flyers look terrible, until, except for the last two minutes and the shootout.
0: Yeah, Claude Giroux had a nice shootout goal again. Yeah, so, This is kind so, of his Couturier,
1: thing. Yeah, for sure. Again, against a very bad New Jersey team. Shouldn't, <laughs> shouldn't even be going to a shootout. So that was my bad.
0: Your bad. All right. And what do you have for the good?
1: The good, I'm going to go with, I'll go with the rivalry. I don't, it's the first time, I can't remember the last time I watched a baseball game that didn't have an NY in it. Or or it. a playoff game, or a playoff game. That's right, but it felt like a playoff game. So it
0: was even like the atmosphere, I thought it would have just been the Padre Stadium, but even in Dodger Stadium, like the, the yeah. fan catches the home run ball and throws right. it back because it was Tatis. Which yeah. I don't care if you're a fan of them. I'm keeping a Tatis home run ball.
1: Um, now to kind of go along with my good, which is kind of a bad, was um, again because I don't follow stats on any of the other teams. If you look at the batting averages for the Padres and the Dodgers, they're comparable to the Yankees, who aren't playing well now. Yeah. Like so, and the other thing I realize, it's either home run or strikeout.
0: Especially the Dodgers outside of Max Muncy, Mookie Betts is a pretty. He's pretty good at bats. Cody Bellinger, he's he's home run or bust. Yeah, Justin Turner's home run or bust. Will Smith, who I love, he's home run or bust. Like it's just. It's amazing that their lineup is that good. I don't know. I I feel like Corey Seager to me is somewhere in between where I don't see him as home runer bus, but I right. definitely, I mean, not that baseball players are hitting for 500 average anyways, but I just feel like Corey Seager because he has the reputation that he won the NLCS and World Series MVP that we right, give him a break. Right, yeah. But he doesn't always have great at bats.
1: Right. Like lots of innings with the bases loaded and nothing happened. And it was for both these teams. Yeah, well, like Tatis, you know?
0: Machado, mm-hmm. like those guys are home run or bust. Yeah,
1: yeah. So uh, anyway, that was my uh, good. Mm-hmm. And my great, um, I'm going to go with what Jason Spezza started, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming you heard about, which was awesome. They they got together and um, pooled money. I don't know where it came from. I'm assuming the players took some of their own money to mm-hmm. give to – uh, their minor league affiliate, because some of these guys who are only getting a prorated salary of 48%, some of them are only making about $30,000 a year, which again, it's not chump change, but again, if you're playing professional hockey, uh, a lot of those guys are making, you know, $90,000 um, on a bad salary, mm-hmm. on a, sorry, on a bad contract, uh, some of them are making way more than that, but... Yeah, I thought that was good. And then, so I'm assuming other, um, I don't know if he's the union rep for the Leafs or, but I just thought that was a great story. And again, hockey, right? Doing the right thing for the their little brothers, helping them out. I'm assuming the other teams now, uh, if they haven't already done that, will be doing that as well.
0: Yeah. And I the part that I think people don't realize, because someone would go 30,000 or 90,000, wow, that's so much. That's more than me. They also have to live in Toronto, which is not cheap.
1: No, exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, Real I'm, expensive.
0: I'm surprised your great wasn't Rafael Nadal.
1: Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, can I put that in as my 1B? Yeah. <laughs> my two favorite players are playing each other, but I'm still, again, when I'm watching those matches, I'm still cheering for Nadal. I, I don't I, I don't have that. I, I do a little bit, I guess, for to pass, but it's not the same. Like, if he's playing anyone else, I'm cheering for him, for the Greek. But now when he's playing Nadal, and Nadal, I, I thought, okay, finally he's going to lose. He's finally going to realize, okay, I'm 34, and I can't, I don't have these second and third wins. But I really think it part of it is the, well, I know it's partly mental. And there's just certain players that can rise to the occasion and, He's just one of those guys because I I didn't think he was gonna win. I th- actually thought he was gonna lose in straight sets.
0: And this was this was the Madrid Open. Uh, wasn't it? it was the Barcelona. Oh, so in Spain on the yeah. on the clay,
1: you he had one eleven eleven already, right? So that was number
0: twelve. That Rafael Nadal. I I hope this doesn't ever fall through the cracks. I don't know if there is as dominant an athlete on one surface, because no, obviously you could look at how dominant Wayne Gretzky was or right. any basketball player, but yeah. because tennis switches their surfaces, right? I just think it makes it more impressive because I think, I guess maybe like Roger Federer on grass is a similar would be similar, yes, dominance, but then also yeah. like Nadal, you can look at and go oh, you know, well, Nadal lost to Robin Soderling. which when are we ever going to remember that name besides that moment? That moment, right. And isn't that, I think that's his only, besides, Uh, like, not. And he had
1: to withdraw because of an injury. So So not even
0: playing. When Roger Federer, you can look back, he didn't win every Wimbledon. And even Nadal and him had, I would say, at least in my life, the greatest match ever.
1: Right, exactly. And unfortunately, the grass season is so short, it's, it's tougher to judge that where the clay season is huge. And, yeah, again, so you would think there would be more dominant clay players, which there are, but I mean dominant to win clay players.
0: Yeah, these these players could be really good on clay, but they never get to prove it because Rafael Nadal has won what? Everything. How How many French Opens has he won? Twelve. Wow, that's... And it's funny when you brought up cuz I know when I saw that they were playing in the final I knew you would be watching cuz you love Sitsi Pass. And yeah,
1: yeah, I taped it, and I, hey, I got to watch it cuz Sitsi Pass is awesome. He's 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 close. Let me just put it that way. Yeah, he's he's almost there.
0: And it's falling in the same way as and it, it's cool when you have those next generations, next generation of guys, especially when Rafael Nadal had it passed on to him by Andre Agassi. Like that was your right. transition, exactly. Yeah. At, at that point, was it easier to cheer for Agassi and then just kind of think, "Oh, well, eventually it'll be Nadal." Like, is that the same way with passing and Nadal now? Yeah,
1: yeah. I would say it's very similar. The yeah, except I don't know for whatever reason, Agassi was like at the end. So it it was like, um, yeah, I kind of felt I was cheering a little bit more for Nadal in that last match that I can remember just because I knew Agassi was, was done, his back was done. Where Nadal's not done. No, he's still right? competitive like, with these guys. Like I, I really believe Federer keeps him motivated to keep playing because, again, Nadal really, body-wise, he should have probably retired about three or four years ago.
0: Yeah, the, and those are that's one of the greatest rivalries in sports is those two. And they
1: haven't played, right? But thank God Federer's playing in the French Open, which is delayed a week, which will probably affect his grass court season. But whatever. At least he's going to play. So that'll, that'll be
0: exciting. All right. Uh, that about wraps it up for this one. We'll be back Friday. We'll talk some NFL draft and whatever else goes on in the other sports. And uh, besides that,